Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, this is the water, and this is the well. Let's rock, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, and today we are talking about Twin Peaks. Um, we are... Uh, the Return. The Return, more specifically. Right. Um, because we have, I, I think, um, as so often happens... Uh, we accidentally, incidentally, begin a sort of uh, a mini-series, if you like. The one TV show that we focused the whole episode on was Mad Men, and we are, in the next episode, going to talk about Breaking Bad. And this uh, is... Those two shows are sometimes aligned with the period in American television known as peak TV, which is a phrase not invented by J- John uh, Landgraf, but popularized by him. He was the, um, I think the CEO of Fox or FX or something like that. And he's, he said uh, around uh, when I was uh, in uh, at UVM at the like, 2013, 2014, that we were approaching um, peak TV, like peak scripted uh, television. And of course that's literally not true because there's more TV now than there was uh, then. But, the reason why he was saying well, that. wasn't peak quality, not quantity. No, he he was speaking about amount. Oh, okay, yeah, but but when people, but this is an important point. When people talk about peak TV, they do it, it is more like the you'll hear it a lot on a like a pop culture website like The Ringer. You know, they talk about peak TV, and and they certainly mean a certain kind of uh, prestige. You know, usually male antihero type show, right? That was very popular from us. I've, I mean, starting with the Sopranos, but it it wasn't it doesn't begin really there because Todd McGowan, I want you to tell me how many scripted television series you uh, you think were on on TV in two thousand two. Scripted. What does mm-hmm. that mean? So Scri- like like like, uh, like non reality, basically. You know, like oh, written TV. Oh, show. Yeah. okay. Written TV shows on any channel. Any channel in two thousand two. Hundred. There were 34. Okay. Wow. This this was seen as this was when this was after Survivor. This was also a little um I mean, I don't know precisely if there's a uh if there's a 9/11 thing here, but um I don't know if you know this but uh um uh the Food Network basically rose to prominence in reaction to 9/11 it, because they saw their numbers were incredible because every other station was covering what it oh, happened. I see. Right. And so right. people just so it, they they they, you know, went into all these different kinds of reality competitions. And it was this like real like like literal comfort food television. Um, but this is also people the, like that, don't they? People really like that. I mean, I really I've like never that. seen the I've never seen a single Food Network episode. Really? You never, never, ne- never a single one. Nothing. Diners, no. drive ins and dives. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I've never seen a single reality show of any sort. You got to watch The Bachelorette. It's incredible. Yeah, I um, just, I probably am missing something, but I great just. Great British you know, Bake Off, that's the best. That, that is. I'm sure these are all great things. I just, you know, I just can't. Uh, I just, you know, my my own finitude, I can't. I, can't I know. Make the call on that. Your life, your life is not infinite. Read Hegel. I think that'll say on your that'll be on your tombstone. I, yeah. I did. I think I've said that to you. I, you have I, said that I, to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I think when I caught you playing video games with my with my kids, right? <laughs> Jesus, <you> know, <laughs> absolute prescriptive father figure over here. <laughs> That's this, terrible. This, this, I know. You, it's my terrible. panoptic friend over here. So yeah. anyway, the point I'm trying to make: 2002. This was seen as. Um, the like, because people do this all the time with uh, with TV, with trends and in media. Like, oh, this is 
how things are now. What if it continues in the same direction? This is going to be the way things are forever. And it was a real conversation. Like, um, like the shield was, I, I think in 2002, uh, apart from, uh, you know, the Sopranos, like considered like, like the, like the great show that was on TV. I think, um, the wire would have started that year, but nobody watched the wire ever. Right. No one did. Right. And so people thought like it was just reality TV. TV was going to become reality TV. And then of course that didn't happen at all. And, um, so that's when peak TV becomes a phrase and it gets aligned with either quantity or, uh, or quality. And I want to, I want to arrest, I want to, I want to, I want to quilt it in a different way um, and bring it to Twin Peaks. Of course, I make a pun a little bit, but also um, the acknowledgement within television studies uh, for US TV uh, about what Twin Peaks heralds and brings to uh, US television is, um, I mean, I think it's, it's imminent. Like, I think everyone kind of acknowledges, like people, um, when they talk about uh, like uh, quality television or people don't want to make an evaluative claim and they want to talk about, you know, complex TV or nar- narrative complexity, um, or just, uh, that's Jason Mattel's term, right? Jason Mattel's term, right. Which is, uh, in a sentence, the, uh, growing influence of, uh, serial content on episodic structure. Okay. Um, people, uh, t- tend to locate, uh, twin peaks, but if you go back a little bit earlier, the, um, I mean, Robert Thompson has a whole book about this, about like TV's, I think second golden age, I think is the title of his book. And it's about, um, Hill street blues. And then Jason himself, uh, goes back to the late seventies in a, in a TV series called soap. Now, all of this also, and this is really important. And this is something that, um, twin peaks uniquely acknowledges. Um, all of this, it, it kind of avoids giving credit to soap operas. Um, with like narrative complexity, because a lot of the forms that end up being discussed uh, as as uh, like making complex TV were already in soap operas. Well, it's, it's interesting that they don't even talk about the nighttime soap operas, right? Like Dallas, Dallas or yeah. Knott's Landing or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Peyton's Place, right? <laughs> like that. I think that um, was a daytime, wasn't it? Or that no? was a daytime. You're correct. Yeah. No, that was that was like fifty six, fifty seven. I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but based um, on a film, I think. That is correct. Doesn't yeah. normally go that way. No, usually like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, so in the realm of uh, of, of TV studies, uh, uh, Twin Peaks represents a kind of break, and it's it's a little bit you it, it kind of it synthesizes these different um, discourses within television studies, uh, where we're looking at when does TV become more serial, and the reason why, like, why is it more complex. I don't know so much if complex is the right word, but basically when does TV ask you to remember something about it? And when does TV remember about itself? That's kind of the question. Okay. Um, so like when does a series exhibit memory um, instead of being, uh, as, they, as they say sometimes in uh, TV shows in the 60s, 70s, amnesia TV, right. where like, you know, Lo- and you can lo- pick up those anytime, right? Anytime. Like that's the key, right? Yep. Yeah, you don't need to watch it. You know, Lucy gets stuck in a meat locker two times because there's no connectivity between right. things. Always right. trying to get on Ricky's show. Uh, you know, how many times they try to get off the island in Gilligan's Island and do the same thing? To, you know, like, so right. the, the, those right. would be the examples. Um, even something as, so this is where the, where the complexity, I think, is, is potentially a tricky term, is that I would say that Star Trek is narratively rich, complex might be a good word, but it's also kind of an amnesia show. Right. Uh, right. So the original series. Um, yeah. You have to know which, and you know, by different extra textual signs, which season it's from. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the that, credit sequence is different. The music mm-hmm. is, you know, they're just, or Spock looks different. So there's all the uniforms slightly changed. So, uh, yeah, so it's, so you're right about Star Trek, even though yeah. to me, that's the peak of all, it's like, it can never be better than that. <laughs> I know that's true. We should do, we should really do a Star Trek episode. That'd be really, yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what Twin Peaks does is uh, it takes, okay, so one of the things people um, often say about, Soap operas is like, well, audience, audiences don't take it, uh, d- didn't take it seriously. Like, like it, it's really, we're looking at primetime TV. And so Dallas is there, but then the influence of Dallas was like waning. It couldn't be sustained or something. So we're looking at sustained interest. These are things people kind of look for. And that's why like soap is, a, is an example. And, um, and Hill Street Blues is another example. Um, what Twin Peaks does is, like it, I mean, for one, in the first season, like uh, "Invitation to Love" is a soap opera that's within the watching, series. Right. Within the series, and right. that, um, I don't know what you would say. It's it's, it's between. Uh, I mean, it's satirical, but it's also I think it helps clarify for the viewer like what the emotional stakes are of right. Twin Peaks itself, because Twin Peaks is doing all this weird stuff. So Twin Peaks is not disregarding. Uh, it, soap operas at all, like w- like pretending that's that this is some like lowered I don't know ersatz television experience, which uh, sometimes people level at um, uh, people who write do do television studies is that they right. just forget about soaps and it's just and it, it it partakes of the kind of like the misogyny of the of a like a like it's a feminized form so nobody talks about it or takes right. it seriously, right? Um, and so Peaks puts that at least in the first season front and center. Um, and it also um, in- endeavors to tell a highly serialized show on network television when that wasn't in primetime, when people weren't doing that. And it didn't um, last because it tried to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's so it's precisely because it's precisely because it did what every show does now that it could not exist in the early 90s. Right. And and then the shows that kind of followed in its wake that kind of picked up the mantle, something like X-Files. X-Files is a radically uh, episodic and self-contained show it's right. it's it's weird it takes a lot of the um it borrows a lot of aesthetic influence uh, both narrative aesthetic and visual aesthetic from x-files but it tells a ton from of self- twin peaks sorry thank you so much yeah yeah from twin peaks yeah uh but it it keep it makes it has self-contained right episodes right. like most of the show is self-contained there's like a hundred. It's like, there's like over three hundred episodes of the show, and there's like I don't know eighty or ninety that tell a somewhat coherent uh, narrative arc across the entire series. Um, it's it's a it's it's crazy. Uh, but that was that that is how you know network TV in the U.S. at that time. That was how you survived. You know, right. you 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 had you left it to the you left it to sweeps weeks or finales and premieres to tell like a self contained thing or like a two part episode something like right. that. So. Twin Peaks emerges and it like challenges a lot of conventions at the time. You know, Kristen Thompson's really good book about television storytelling. The double R is on the, um, which I love so much because everyone says, says it that way in the show, double R, but it's never R and R right. Like rest and relaxation. Don't you find that? Right. 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 That's true. It's so funny. So yeah, the double R cafe, famous cafe from Twin Peaks is on the cover of the book. Um, and it's, uh, you know, she talks about, uh, peaks and, uh, the singing detective and other shows like doing something different on TV. So um, that I wanted to put as uh, like 
something that's part of my like my own work and like in, in the in the beginning like you know what's sort of significance about this and I might even make the claim that um, it's TV has gone in such a like a serial direction I think Sopranos gets a lot more of the credit for occasioning this and kicking this off than Twin Peaks does and I don't care one way or the other that like Twin Peaks isn't properly given credit or whatever but but I think the what you see now uh, in in television in like the 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 dominant kinds of like very uh cinematic uh heavily serial uh storytelling with some kind of like myth mystery or question like there's a show on HBO right now called The White Lotus that is um not exactly a mystery tv show but it does begin with like a dead body you don't know who it is and it right. tells this story that's and like characters are doing drugs and there are like sequences even are, mayor of Easttown has the same kind of e- twin yeah. peaks structure to it okay yeah like the, it's just it's really really everywhere and and it's dominant it's been um it's been uh what would be the way the, the word like mainstreamed so right. like it's it's right. been you know and like even afterwards like uh, Northern Exposure was the show that like was just a little like Twin Peaks, uh, but it was like played like you had a you had a lead played straight and you had the um, characters like orbiting that character were were strange but it was episodic, right. and it wasn't uncomfortable as Twin Peaks uh, is a lot of the time I think so right it's uncomfortable I mean. Especially the return. I think the yes. return uh, doubles down on the discomfort because you don't get these moments of respite that you get in the original. I think like that. The, Is that a big thing uh, you would say? Like between the two of them? Like yeah. How I mean, I think the, the other difference. Or, or yeah, I think the other thing is it's much more like Fire Walk with Me than the mm-hmm. original series because it's so like the element of strangeness and the inability to get your bearings. Like I think in the original series, it wasn't so hard to get your bearings, but I think, and I I know a lot of people that started watching the return and then just stopped because they're like, I'm, I, I'm, I don't have enough life left to give it to this (laughs) thing, you know? And I really, someone literally said that to me. Um, So, so I, I, uh, you know, it's eight, what, 18 hours, I think. So, so, I, 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 and I think you never really get a sense of where you are and, and, and what, 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 what's happening. And I think, you know, like there are certain aspects that never get clarified. Like mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. of Audrey, I think yeah. is just sort of left hanging mm-hmm. for the spectator. Mm-hmm. I think most of the other things you can make sense of, but I think there are still these elements that are, that are, that are open and and not even open to interpretation, just like open just as open. like just yeah, just unresolved, just like you know, it'd be as if as if you know Hegel just left this part of the phenomenon. Like I'm just going to leave this part of the phenomenology. I'm going to start this chapter on perception, and then I'll just end it halfway through. Like that's what Audrey kind of feels like to me. Um, I know there are yeah. a lot of theories about her and whatever her being in an asylum or something, but. Um, that it requires a lot of um, a lot of interpretive a lot of, yeah, maneuvering, extra, extra textual, leaps, right, yeah, right, which yeah. is always uh, problematic. I think, mm-hmm. but but you know what what I think is great about Lynch and and I think that, uh, to speak to your thing about peak TV is that he doesn't. It, it's a show in which there's a lot of strangeness, but there's no irony in relation mm. to the strangeness or cynicism. Like, I think he's a yeah. remarkably non-ironic and non-cynical director. And so when there are these moments of 
transcendence, because there are clearly moments, and we'll talk about them in the return even, when there are these moments of transcendence, I think he really wants you to feel like this is genuine transcendence, not that we should wink and and mm-hmm. laugh at it. So I think that's really important, that, that part of what he's up to is I'm going to use these conventions that seem banal or like soap opera, whatever, like that seem mm-hmm. like they're low brow. And I'm going to show you how we, even within this kind of fantasy structure, you can attain these incredible moments of, of transcendence. And I think, you know, Laura's theme is really a, that, that, that Angelo Baldolamente, that, mm-hmm. that he created. Like, I think that is a theme of trans. So when we hear that, Mm-hmm. That Twin Peaks theme, we're supposed to think of the... Do you know of, it was a of, top 10 uh, hit in the UK? No, I can believe it. I can yeah. believe it. But do you, you also know fun. that in the return, it's it's. I think it's used twice, right? We don't hear it at all. And then when Cooper emerges as Cooper, we get the yes. full Twin Peaks theme, and it's amazing. Yes. yes. And I yes. think that would be, again, one of my arguments for this point of transcendence, that Lynch really is invested in. And I think he thinks there's a radicality to transcendence that's that's driven by a fantasy structure. So I think he's so sanguine about our fantasizing, which which I think then makes the return so interestingly complex to come back to your term. <laughs> like because yeah. it's because isn't it isn't it's it's ultimately a critique of fantasy and yet the entire series is all about these things that are accomplished and made possible through fantasy. Yeah, I love this. I just to pick up a, some of the points that you made like if, if you want to look at the the non-cynical nature of of Lynch and and how the weirdness uh, uh, or, or even to put it more plainly the offbeatness of the show is like interpreted by the characters diegetically. Think about the character of Lucy Brennan who speaks in a way that would be an object of ridicule on any other television show. And right. no one on the show ever ma- ever makes fun of her, a- except for the guy, this, the dirty cop at the end of the, the the return. Like, he is completely disrespectful to her and everybody else who works there. Um, and, you know, he gets his, his comeuppance uh, right. from, from the guy with the... Uh, the, um, the big, the big uh, glove. The hand, yeah. The he has like the a whole can, but it's a like a dishwashing. Gl- anyway, yeah, that, yeah. But but I think I just think like the character of Lucy. Um, it really it shows you something different about the people say this about like the difference between um, the difference between Family Guy and The Simpsons is Lisa Simpson, who is not a character who could exist in the world of Family Guy, and I think that um, it's doubly, triply so of uh, Twin Peaks that like Lucy. Could, could not exist in any other series without being a punching bag for, for, right. for, for jokes. Right. And, right. but, and that's on the, like the more regular, much like lower stakes example. And, but it's carried through to all like no one, I think it's, 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 it's really interesting. Like dreams, dreams are truth. On right. The show. Like right. it, it right. did no question about them. Like someone had a dream, something happened. And it's not quite uh, a lot of times it acts as a premonition, but it's there. There's always it's always accurate. It's never like, ah, oh, you're making too much of that. People don't talk like that like they, they would on a, you know, on, on right. a, any other kind of TV series. Um, well, and, right. I mean, in the original series, the, the, the second episode, it, the, the key 
to the entire series is in a dream, right? I mean, yes. so that yeah. is in Cooper's dream. So there, yeah. you know, so I think you're right about that. That's absolutely true. That the dream, the you know, we live inside a dream. Is, uh-huh. is, is the is the but who is the dreamer, form. right? Right. right. I think that, and I think that's well. That I think that leads to a bunch of bad readings of the show as this all is Cooper's dream or I mean yes, that's I just yeah. find that kind of thing just so tedious because then what's the whole point of it all <laughs> you know like I just if 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 Lynch did that if he made a thing that's just all a dream then he just isn't worthy of ever getting a dollar to make anything I think no like, and it's and, oh I just think that's not a just as you were saying about like how seriously the show takes um the fantasy fantasy like it's just how seriously it takes all the weird stuff like it, it is i think even if it was um even if it was all like the the it's all a dream thing is uh like equivalent to like well nothing really matters and right. that's just not the like the that's not the case here like the stakes are are very high incredibly high right yeah. right i think that's right i think it's yeah i think that you i think that you have to watch it with a sense of like, there's really a lot at stake, even when we're just in a dream or in a fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that I think is really important to it because I think what Lynch is saying is that, and it's so psychoanalytic, I think mm-hmm. that, that idea that, that, that really our fantasy life is more real than our social reality. It's for us, like it's more, yeah. it has more, like it informs that social reality and it has more bearing on our existence, right? Like it, it, so I think that that's, you know, it, I think that's really important. Like a dream ends up saving Dougie's life yes. toward the end of the, because somebody dreams about a cherry pie mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then he doesn't kill him, right? Like he's, right. He, otherwise he would kill him. So I think that that's, I think you're right. Like that's a, there, there's this incredible, uh, taking the dream or the fantasy seriously. And, uh, it's so to pull, to pull back a little bit. Um, the, one of the claims I made to you when we were kind of playing this episode is that to watch Twin Peaks, the return is to, it's the experience of, uh, of reading theory. It's I mean, I would almost even say it's the experience of reading the phenomenology of spirit where, where, um, it's like, it's, it's confusing. You maybe don't know what's going on. The first time you're reading it, you think this is above my head. And then you get so frustrated. You're like, actually, this isn't above my head. This is stupid. This person doesn't have anything to say to me. And which is, I think a perfectly normal, uh, reaction sure. to, to either Hegel or I would say to Twin Peaks, the, the yeah. return. Yeah. Um, but I think what the, what, what the, um, what the lesson is in that, not to do the lesson, uh, like 20 minutes in the show, <laughs> but what the lesson is for that is that, it's a lot more simple what's happening than it seems because what, just like with, as I think, I mean, Hegel even says something uh, very similar to this, but like to say, to say something simply is the hardest thing of all. Right. And I, he never managed to do it. <laughs> he never managed to do that. And I think to, to prove his point, maybe this whole thing was a performance of that, right. but I, but, um, but I think with twin peaks, like the return, it asks a very simple uh, question I think which is can can you save Laura Palmer like right no, you know and c- can can you save anyone you, can you save anyone and yeah. it's um and what the show does is is the way that it 
It's not very sanguine or, about that. <laughs> it question. isn't. No, be, because it changes because what it does is like, well, you're not trying to undo history because that's too, that's like, um, that would be time travel. It, that's like the Avengers of right, a right. level time travel. You're right. undoing history. Right. What Twin Peaks is the return tries to articulate is, can you redeem time? Right. And I, th- and, and, that that's why which would would mean overcoming loss right like i think that really it's really like can you can you intervene in a way that would overcome loss i think that's the i think you're right like if you want to just boil down the question of twin peaks it would be that and Mm -hmm. the figure that tries to do that is is dale cooper right and and Mm -hmm. it's interesting that his relationship to the redemption or overcoming or elimination even of loss is mm-hmm. like our relationship formally to him, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we're, he's like hope, hoping for this promise of the future that he can, he can, as he says, to ki- kill two birds with one stone. One stone, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right? yeah, right, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which means, I think, eliminating Bob and yep. eliminating this, what other evil, malevolent, or, or just traumatic force there is in the in the world, right? In mm-hmm. existence, which, which come, we're going to come onto this a little bit, which is called Judy. And we wonder, despite the original series, um, I think uh, uh, embrace of some like a, a feminized form, such as the soap opera, <clears throat> and like the real um, like taking that seriously and elevating that. I think you have a question about whether. I do, yeah. Where the return ends up is potentially in a uh, misogynistic place, but we'll get to that later. It, it depends on a lot of things, but we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah but but I yeah. think, so So what's interesting is, so he tries to do this, and so redeem he's wait redeem time. He's waiting for the, re- eliminating loss, mm-hmm. and he's waiting to do it. He has to wait, and then we have to subsequently, or at the same time, wait for him to emerge out of this figure of Dougie. And I know the people that I know that hate the series, they hate it primarily for Dougie. Because yeah, sure. <laughs> so Cooper becomes this figure who who was a real person mm-hmm. named Dougie, and then he goes away somewhere. And Cooper goes into his body. He looks more or less like Cooper, except he's heavier. And Because just to be really like on a total pragmatic level, because what the... Killer Bob version of Cooper did was he manufactured a second Cooper, right? So that when Special Agent Dale Cooper came back, he would not come back and take his body, his body, the, which the, which the Killer Bob, yeah, which Mister C or Killer Bob has, has still yes. has monopolized, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Even though it's twenty five years later, he has to come back, but he he refuses. So okay, so mm-hmm. so. He's as this Dougie figure who's annoying because he doesn't speak, basically. He says he can only repeat. I mean, uh, the there, have been, yeah. there have been interesting analyses of Dougie in terms of uh, obvious, kind of obvious, but I don't want to discredit the, our friends that have written them. Um, Lacanian <laughs> analysis of Dougie and mirror stage, right? Like, mm-hmm. because all he can do really is mirror the behavior and the words Mm-hmm. of other people for a long time, for about 10 episodes. So it really, yeah. really drags, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Cooper to emerge. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think so we're in the same position as Cooper. Like, we're waiting for this moment of redemption, just like Cooper is waiting for this moment where he can redeem time and eliminate mm-hmm. loss, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we, th- and we think Cooper will do that. So it's, in a way... 
I think I wrote an essay on this thing called Waiting for Agent Cooper, right? Like that's what we're, it's like we're not waiting for Godot, Mm -hmm. although it's similar. We're waiting for Cooper, but unlike Godot, he actually comes and it's pretty great when he comes, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's the, I mean, one of the great moments of the, it's so funny because what I said, I said to you before the show, what, um, what I think when, uh, when a show comes back, if there's like a remake or, or a, a reboot, um, I think this happens a lot. Uh, with video games, uh, just I'm I'm not going to go to Terry on this point because you will you're it, it, it's way outside of uh, your reference point. But I think Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake does a really great job on this. Okay, um, where it answers the question like why does this even exist? And since it does exist, like what do you even want out of this? Like, do you just want the same thing again? Right. Do you want do you, do you want something else? Do you want the possibility of doing something different? And um. Final Fantasy VII Remake does imagine this possibility of undoing the circumstances of the previous game. And I think of the of the game itself, Final Fantasy VII, but, um, and Twin Peaks, The Return is also doing something uh, like, like that. Like, can, like, you know, it's not possible to, it, it's really interesting. It's like, it's like the series, um, I, I think this is so interesting. It's like, it's actually, you, you cannot, um, it is not quicker to, uh, it, sorry, I don't want to phrase this. Um, tr- like redeeming time and undoing the traumatic, uh, event is like, is like, that's where one has to go rather than attempting to individually, um, like soothe and balm those affected right. by trauma. Right. Right. I think right. that's a, right. it, it, like that, that is, a, a really, really, I mean, narratively, I think theoretically is just a really fascinating position to take. Fascinating. Right. And it also, I, 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 when I first saw it, I thought of that NRA slogan, you know, like <laughs> a good guy with a gun oh, is yeah, what we need sure. to stop a bad yeah, guy yeah. with a gun. And it, yeah. I thought Lynch is actually making an incredible critique of that because Cooper is the mm-hmm. good guy with the gun <laughs> and yeah. his intervention doesn't save Laura, it actually no. exacerbates the trauma that she yeah. suffers, right? Like the mm-hmm. the rescue, the and so it really is. I like think the scream. Oh my god, it's it's a horrible. That's what how what, it ends, what, right? What That's, Cheryl Lee does on that is absolutely awful. Right, it's, right, it, it's right. Two, I think we hear. Times. I yeah. think we hear. Vague, you can barely hear it, but Laura comes out of the. Like he says, the what house. year it is, and then Laura yep. comes is a voice out of the house, and then you she, hear Sarah Palmer say Laura, and, right, and, and then this. she screams, and and then that yeah, and then that's the end of the series, and mm-hmm. so we should spoiler alert. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're not supposed to say spoiler alert after you after, just spoiled it, but okay, it's kind of a dick move, I gotta say, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's so, but you know I think. <laughs> It's a, you know whatever it's implicit. I think. Well, it's the nature explicit. of this. You know, we're not doing like a review. We're looking right, thematically right, right, at this, right, so it right, you know right, means right. we got to. There's talk no about way anything. it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Anyway, but I think that it, what's interesting is that his intervention exacerbates the problem, and yet as spectators, we're totally invested in his intervention, and Lynch helps us to get invested in it. Like the, the yeah. like you and I have talked about that scene where he emerges out of Dougie. He's on a hospital bed mm-hmm. and he, and, and then I think, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, mafia guys or underworld guys says to him, uh, what about the FBI? They, they said to call them and he goes, 
I am the FBI. And you're like, and then the <laughs> twin music, Twin Peaks music starts to swell. And it's it's just amazing, really. It's I mean, it really, yeah. you really feel like no matter what how you feel about the FBI in real life, you're like, thank God, the <laughs> FBI. You know, yeah. so I think that that's um that's really a I think that's it, Lynch really gets you also invested in the ability of Cooper mm-hmm. to and I think but the fact that he's gone for so long in the series helps that 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 I think this is episode 15 where he he reemerges where he finally comes back yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's in, it's it's like um there's a there's always a thing with when uh nostalgic uh properties come back uh which is um are are you doing it strictly for fan service that's i think the the right the phrase right. that gets levied at, at things that don't do it well and um like the veronica like, mars movie it's kind of and, it, and it, yeah. to be fair the fans including me <laughs> financed <laughs> it right like they yeah. did it on a, a whatever kickstarter. That's, kickstarter yeah so yeah. so they had to he felt like he had to service the fans but yeah so that yeah, yeah. but i think this is absolutely not fan service right no it's not because the like it, like when like hearing cooper say that like i mean like it is total it's total fan candy but it's also like you've had to put in the work of watching this fool dougie jones say the ends of sentences and it's also it's kind of interesting you said that um people uh, talk about him in, in terms of the uh, the the mirror stage because i think i, I don't I don't know so much about that. I think that you think that, it's wrong. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I think what's fascinating is ha- I, I actually think it's more example of how the symbolic works because no one ever, consistent with the what I said about like how no one, like nobody, everyone takes Lucy Brennan seriously. Everyone takes yep. the weirdness seriously. Mm-hmm. Someone says they had a dream and some this happened and no one brushes it off or only listens. Like like in real life, you tell someone about a dream, like they don't like half pay attention because they don't care. Like the the you know, when Dougie says it's so propitious, even though it's like, he's just saying what he's heard. He's just repeating things. It is always taken. It's always taken as quilting point. And it's always like how he's able to like survive in the symbolic is that other people have like, they, they, they fill in the gaps they fill in the gaps and they, they are themselves like they exhibit being suffused with the symbolic. Right. And that's, I, so that's right. what I think I would, I would say is, is, right. is Dougie is, right. is more is a better exemplar of how the symbolic functions that someone who clearly is like not in their right mind. They're all they're like, he doesn't even walk properly. He's so confused. It's like, um, you know what it is? It's a little bit like, uh, pushing, um, the, uh, Peter Sellers movie being there to the absolute nth degree. Right. Um, right. You know, right. where, where right. like someone just says something, but it enters into a web of signification. Yeah. That, that, so, I wonder if that didn't influence him. Cause that, yeah, I, think I think you're right. Have. That's a, that's a great movie. And that, I think that really, it's the same exact same structure. I think you're exactly mm-hmm. right about that. And which yeah. is interesting for a while, <laughs> not, <laughs> not for that long. I mean, again, I understand why he did it because of what he's trying to, you know, just because I think you have to have it that long Mm -hmm. for the emergence to really function in the way that it does. Yeah, I think I like it a lot more than you do, but I watch a lot more TV than you do, and I just like, no one would do that. Right, no one one would. would. No, (laughs) I know. I mean, it's the opposite of fan candy. It's like, like, this is what you want, and you're not going to get it. Yeah. But... But then All, that helps you articulate what it is that you really do want. Because if I he know, just gave I you, know. If he just gave you Cooper, you would be you'd be tired. 
And right. it's, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's but, I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. I would, yeah, I, I agree with that, but you also wouldn't get the, the fact that the, the series is the most profound critique of Cooper. So in a way, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, return yeah. is a kind of anti, uh, the original, right? Like the original Tease Cooper. That out a little bit. Well, I think Cooper is able to intervene in the original. I mean, he ends up evil mm-hmm. right at the end right. when he breaks his head on the yeah. on the mirror. Uh, but but he's able to intervene in a way. He solves the 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 crime. He's able to mm-hmm. you know do things in the town that are you know bring things out that were repressed. I think he he seems he like finds the lodge. He just, like he, right, finds he finds a the supernatural lodge. like impingement on right, like you know right. normal like everyday society and right. symbolic universe. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. He does a lot of things, right? And so we we may think he's odd, but we we believe in him, I think. And then mm-hmm. what's interesting is Fire Walk with me, he's barely in it. Um mm-hmm. but it it is undoing the fantasy attached to Laura, right? So mm-hmm. the entire the first the series keeps Laura as this prized fantasy object who embodies mm-hmm. what's amazing about the making her the fantasy object is that she embodies every single contradictory ideal about femininity, right? Like she's both yeah. virginal and she's completely sexualized. Mm-hmm. She's a dr- she uses drugs and she's clean. She's and she mm-hmm. does meals on wheels, right? So she does all these things that are completely contradictory, mm-hmm. but then. Fire Walk With Me shows this object come to life. And so you see that, like, she's not really this figure suffused with enjoyment in the way that she appears from the perspective of the, as lost in this, this lost object in the series. And then I think The Return does the same thing to Cooper that Fire Walk With Me does to Laura. Like, it, mm, like nice. he has this fantasy function for us from the original series and this also this fantasy of of rescue, especially rescue of women, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that the idea that the man will rescue the woman is such a it's such a predominant fantasy. I think it, it, television and mm-hmm. film and just in people's heads. Yeah. Uh, and I, and and I think this one of the things Lynch wants to do here is just blow apart that fantasy. Todd, that is, if I may, one damn fine point. Thank that's you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that's really nice. I think it, um, you know, like it, it, it makes, it makes sense of uh, of the arc, and also why for the whole, almost all of the uh, the return, you see the um, the Killer Bob version. You you say you say do you say Mister C? I you say Mister C, but I, I yeah. just who knows what people are saying now. Like yeah. Well, change. either way, because he doesn't really have a name. He just, you know, he he changes around. But I think it is important to identify him with Bob. So I'm in favor of that. So we'll say the name. killer. So yeah, you see that version of and that version of Cooper kind of awesome, like the, yeah, the arm yeah. wrestling scene. Yeah, the yeah. which is a really nice. I forget what what number episode that is in, but it's a very nice example of like. There's a guy, if, you, if people are listening and they haven't seen it, um, you've seen this a bunch in movie. It's, it's such a trope. It's, and this is another thing I like about, about, um, about Lynch is that like some things that we talked about, like it's very, very TV. Like he shoots this in a way, I don't know what camera he uses, but there's sometimes that it doesn't look like quality television. Um, but if you go back and watch 
the original series, it looks a lot like how TV looked on U.S. TV in the nineties. Right, right. So, right. so there's a there's a, a visual aesthetic um, a continuity that's that's being kept. Not all the time, but in a lot of different scenes. And the actors, not all the actors are great. In, fa- in fact, I recognize some of my favorite Hallmark actors in some of these. <laughs> the character. Um, well, some are just al- flatly terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. yeah. Alicia, I think Alicia Dewitt is. Uh, she she plays the. Um, you know uh, Amanda Seyfried's character. She's married to that guy. Oh yeah, he's cheating on her, and oh, the, and it's the, the girl. Woman she, he, yeah, yeah, she's from yeah, yeah. Who I think she does a great job. But yeah. um, well, but Amanda Seyfried is is otherworldly as an actor. I think fantastic. That's the other thing too. He gets <laughs> he gets yeah. these performances at, like like Naomi Watts, incredible actor, and incredible. Like, right, and, right, right, right. Like and he she, like like there. It's funny the contrast, right? Because there are these some terrible actors, like the guy that plays James. I think his mm-hmm. name is James Marshall. Uh, he's, he's I, I hope he's not listing. He's horrible, <laughs> right? He's just horrible. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not his fault. He just can't no. do it, right? Um, but but that's what Lynch needs. That's Lynch what needs it. But it then works. the incredible contrast, like it could be Laura Dern's greatest performance, and she's yeah, a good actor, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, obviously, Naomi Watts is incredible. Amanda Seyfried is incredible. It's funny. There's almost a a gender divide, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there aren't that mm-hmm. many. Robert Forster is pretty good, but they're, they're, they're tend to, the, it's, it's more the men that are bad actors in Lynch well, and the women. Tom Sizemore, Tom Sizemore and uh, James Belushi. There, there are episodes of community that where they just rag on, on, on Jim Belushi. <laughs> like just, it's because, you know, according to Jim, like he deserves it, but he's, he's really great in this. And yeah. and that's, and like, this is what Lynch does. He takes these people who have been like, they have the stink of being t- of bad actors. And in the world of the show, like their bad acting, like is a total benefit to them. And the only way that good actors work in the show is if they can, you know, deliver lines in a, in a way that fits in with the kind of the, the Lynch world. He's like Kyle McLaughlin. Like we talked about this before the show, Kyle McLaughlin on sex in the city is not good. Hard he, to watch. It's, it's very hard to watch, but in this, he's perfect. He, perfect. Every line is perfect. Right. Right. Um, and, and any, and the, um, the point I wanted to make about, about the killer Bob version of, uh, of Cooper is that he does like, he does things that are kind of awesome, like in this this arm wrestling scene that you've that people have you've seen it in so many different TV shows and so many different movies. You Lynch might have seen this, it in Black Widow, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you th- the, some the, you see someone that's won every arm wrestling, yeah, and then yeah. they, then it's the total David and Goliath, and like right. it looks like they're gonna lose, and then they win. And what instead, it's a nice concrete scene that shows what I, I, one of the things Lynch is doing throughout the like the entirety of the return is. The Bob version of a uh, killer Bob version of, of Cooper, and he he just takes this guy's arm and he moves it to starting position, and then he lets him take it back, and then he explains it really hurt my arm when you put it here, and then he pushes back on the guy's arm, and right. it really hurt when you put it here. I like starting position better, and it just it like it repeats this this dynamic. Like you know he's gonna win, but the way that it plays out makes you invested in this cliche that you've seen a million times. Right. And it's, it's the exact same thing with, with Dougie that like, uh, for me, at least it works for me. I understand maybe that don't work for everybody, but like that it's at least the, the structure of the point that Lynch is getting at is that like through this repetition, he's getting you invested in something that you otherwise 
would take for granted. Like you would just take for granted Cooper because, oh, Twin Peaks Return is coming. You expect Cooper to come back. You just took that for granted before you even got to know what was going to happen. Right. So there's a lot, there's a tremendous amount of earning that both Lynch does as filmmaker and uh, like screenwriter, like, uh, you know, TV scenario writer. And also uh, what the, like the show does in general. And I, I think it's, it's just, it's just things that, Yes, you could totally say it goes too far, but like no, I just people don't have the patience for this kind of thing. Right, uh, I think in, that's in, right. In the, in the TV thing right. that they make, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that it's, uh, you know, I think that he, re- yeah, I think patience is a good word. I think you have to be patient to watch it, and I think he has to do that in order to get the payoff, which is the absence of a payoff, right? Like I think so <laughs> the end to me, it's really striking because what he does is he inserts Cooper back into the point in fire walk with me where Laura's about to go to Bob. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, and then die basically. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's rescuing her. And then as he's taking her away, you think it's going to work. Like he's holding mm-hmm. her by the hand. They're walking through the forest. It moves from black and white to being in color, which is throughout the whole series. Black and white has been the past. Color is the present. Right. So, you, you know, so you think he's like, at, he is redeeming time. He's, he's undoing history and redeeming time. Yeah. He's done it. But the problem is that you have this figure of Sarah Palmer <laughs> jabbing the picture of Laura with the broken glass from the frame. Mm-hmm. And then Laura disappears, right? So... Mm-hmm. And so he fails because I think he doesn't – so he's able to eliminate the figure of, of Bob and this figure mm-hmm. of phallic aggression, phallic violence. But then there's this other underlying violence, which I think the Gordon Cole at least tells us is this feminine mm-hmm. figure of Judy, he calls it. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think the, – the one thing that I think we should – everyone watching the series should be aware of is that Lynch almost never includes just straightforward exposition in his, mm-hmm. in his, in his works. And especially when he's the one articulating, it's like he gives a, like a 10 minute exposition yeah. about the history and structure of Judy. So I'm a little like, eh, maybe it's not that maybe it's just, there's a certain trauma of existence that happens regardless of, you get rid of the phallic violence, but there still is just the violence of existence. And I feel like that's what Lynch is really uh, well, like insisting that. on there. Todd, I like that because, I mean, why, I mean, you just ask yourself this question, which is why would Lynch himself as the character in the show literalize a thematic struggle? Right. He just, the, the only a very poor television or filmmaker would do that. <laughs> Right. And, right, and, right, and right. we can assume, I especially mean, when you're not going to wrap it up in a literal way, because right. that's the like the the thing I, I, I love about. I think this is the final episode. Is you think everything's coming together, things are making sense. It's like ah, this whole time we needed, like like uh um you know Bob Cooper was going was going back to Twin Peaks. The real Cooper needed to get there. The real Cooper you know needs to uh to, to stop him and Lucy Brennan stops him right. you know and and then Cooper's going to get there and everyone's together and you're like finally everyone is to and it's almost at the at exact moment when you can appreciate that everyone you want to be together on the like mystery like um side not the like the everyday um yep. you know like uh like Norma and uh and uh Ed getting together like which 
an incredible moment. Which we have to talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but everyone that's on like the mystery investigation side, like they're all together, and at, ex- at exact moment, uh, Cooper's face becomes superimposed on the the image, and there's something else that has to happen, where he like, and and then that is is what begins the the sequence where he tries to, maybe this ends the second to last episode. I think that's right. I think yeah. so. That's why a lot of people think this show should have ended with episode 17, right? Because mm-hmm. we get this kind of climactic moment. Bob is defeated. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, and then, and then the, uh, turns to episode 18. And I think that's when Cooper and Diane drive and, and, and what they're doing. And I think this is, you know, Lynch is very, the, everything about this show is a, about a return, right? About a repetition. Yeah. Yeah. And so what they're doing is fulfilling the very first words of the episode, which were articulated by the giant, right? When, mm-hmm. when, and, and, and he says, Fireman. right, right. Sorry. <laughs> He's a giant in the, in the one. He, but, I know. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's the same he, guy. He, he got promoted. I think Todd. I, I, <laughs> I think that's right. So, so he, he says these things uh, that are really totally obscure, right? Like he, so he's there. We just see them in the lodge together, and this is the very opening of it. And uh, right, he's mm-hmm. now the fireman, not the giant. And so That's, the first thing yeah. he says is, "Listen to the sounds," mm-hmm. and then he says, "It is in our house now. It cannot all be said aloud now." Remember four thirty. Richard and Linda, and then Dale says, I understand, <laughs> which, which, of course, that's crazy because how could anyone understand what that means? Um, hey, it's just like reading Hegel, man. I think yeah, the, right, like, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so very interesting. So, so then we get, he become they go to mile 430 at the mm-hmm. end, he, uh, uh, Cooper and, and Diane, and they, and they become, they sleep together at night in a very strange sex scene, I think. Is well, that, it's it's emotional. It's very emotional because, it, as it turns out, Diane had been raped by, um, uh, by killer Bob. By Cooper. Bob, right. Yeah, by, by Bob. As Cooper, right. And right. and as as the sex scene, like, she's covering his face. I think it's incredible acting, like, by, yeah. um, by, uh, um, by Laura Dern. Laura Dern, because she's covering his face, because it's too, and then... She she leaves because like um, yeah it's just just um, I I don't know you have to assume that, that the in a I mean actually in, in a literal sense like she could like she could not sustain the fantasy of like the real Cooper being back right anymore like right. she can't she can't could cannot acknowledge the split that someone with your face did something raped me horrible right. to me yeah right. exactly right. like right. I. I I can't maintain this, which I, I think is thematically important because it would be very easy to bring Twin Peaks into the into a kind of dualism. Yeah, uh, where, you know where there's just, where it's just good and bad, and never the twain shall meet. Never shall there be like this absolute like contradiction of uh, like identity and subjectivity. And yeah. I think that's one of the. I mean that that scene is like lo- like people like speak like uh, critics like speak very highly of of yeah. that of that scene. And um, I think that's one of the things that it does for the series as a whole, which is that like yeah okay he had a stupid hair. His face seemed a little wider, but like you, like you can't have acknowledged this 
absolute separation between Bob Cooper and Special Agent Dale Cooper. Right. Like, I think like that's really if, good. If Diane can't do it, you shouldn't do it as a viewer. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's the difference between dialectics and dualism, right? Yes. Like, yes. That Cooper, there must be something in Cooper that makes the emergence of, of the Bob figure in him possible, right? And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that actually, because, you know, one of the criticisms of the early, the original series was that on feminist grounds, that it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it made a supernatural figure uh, guilty for sexual assault yeah. of, a, of a, a father on a daughter. But, yeah. I mean, I think what Lynch is saying is that that for, I, I don't think that force is meant to be literal, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that it's a metaphorical drive that one is, one is all, or at least the men in the show are susceptible to Cooper's mm-hmm. susceptible to it. Right. Even, yeah. even Cooper, even the supposed pure Cooper, which, so I think that's really good. I just want to say one thing about this, the, the, the fireman's initial oh, sure. statement when he says mm-hmm. it cannot all be said aloud now. And I, I think like, why not? Why not? Why can't it be? Just say it all aloud now. And and I think you know, you know, uh, it's it's interesting because Lynch is really just establishing a mystery just to establish a mystery, right? Like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no sense. I mean, it is resolved at the end because the other thing is Cooper and Diane change into Richard and Linda the next mm-hmm. morning, and so well, wait a minute, Todd. Yeah, don't go you ahead. Think? Hold go on, ahead. hold on. Go ahead. Uh, Hold on. Okay. Just okay. Point of good. point of order. Okay. Point good, of order. Good, good, good. Point of order. <laughs> isn't the point? Isn't the point that just like? And I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a nasty thing. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You use your words against you here. Okay. Good. Isn't this exactly like why Hegel cannot begin phenomenology of spirit with the absolute knowledge section because it would just be meaningless? Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. So it's not just setting up a mystery for the sake of setting up a mystery. Because if he said everything, it would be it would be that scene. It'd be the it'd be the uh, the Judy scene from Lynch. Right, right, right. You know, right, it'd just right, be this this pure this exposition. Exposition. Right. And, yeah. right. I think that's why. I, yes, of course, it could be said, it, and he could know more, and then the, the viewer could know more. But especially in the beginning, the, the first episode, when you don't even know. You don't know how to watch it yet. That's why. That's the other thing. Is that, right. Like, you, don't. As I, you don't. As I've said before, like good books teach you how to read them. Theoretical books even more so. I, I think good television does the same thing. Like like it, it's teaching you how to watch it and how to be like honestly like how to be patient and the necessity right. of it. And right. I I, th- I think that scene also sets it up. Like yes, the fireman could have said it. Apparently, the fireman said everything to the British guy with the the one punch man type. Uh, right. Character. He got, he got the whole story. He got the straight dope. But, yeah. um, but yeah. for, for us and for Cooper at that moment, like, uh, what w- could be said is too much, I think. Right. Right. And I, I agree with you on that. I think that's right. I think that's really, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I think that's pretty good. Um, I, I, I just want to, so I want to talk about I think so. I think that's. I think it's. I think it's very much a critique of certain. Of, I mean, I think most of Lynch's work is an embrace of the radicality of fantasy, mm-hmm. and I. So in a way, I think this, the return is a kind of a self critique. Like it's a mm. kind of a way of saying, well, no, fantasy can also really be ultimately destructive because it it can allow us to believe that we can overcome our own repetition mm-hmm. 
and break off and and overcoming repetition is overcoming loss or what you said is redeeming time, right? Like Mm -hmm. any of these ideas, like I think what the series is really insisting on is that we can't do it. Mm -hmm. But isn't my favorite moment of the series, I love the moment when Cooper appears, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. But my favorite moment is the is the is the the reunion scene mm-hmm. between Big Ed and Norma, and I mm-hmm. think it's really so. This is episode fifteen at the beginning, mm-hmm. and Nadine comes to Big Ed's gas farm. She walks miles to get there carrying yes. a golden shovel, mm-hmm. which she's bought from Jacoby mm-hmm. on some scam that he's running. Right? Yeah, he's uh, doing some uh, some like Trump type. Uh, yeah, some kind of paranoid, like, yeah, yeah, shovel yeah. the shit that you're in. Yeah. Okay, but it works for her, right? Because she does recognize that she's been, a, you know, she's prevented Ed from mm. being together well, with just Norma. really quick, I'm, so, I'm so super sorry to interrupt. I yeah. love the image of the gilded shovel. Like, it's just a shovel, but right. he spray paints it gold. And spray it's paints like it's it gold. Separate, it's a separate right. item, and I think that's a, a really nice... Incredible. Yeah. It's a it's an incredible critique of, um, of uh, I think, like, political goods in within the structure of capitalism. Yeah, except again, like, don't you think what's amazing? I think, I totally agree with that. But what's amazing is, like with everything else, he kind of wants us to take it seriously as efficacious. Like, like it works for Nadine. It does, it works for Nadine, and it helps, exactly. So, like, well, that's what I think what makes it um, dialectical and not dualistic. Right, 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 right. right, Is that you have to, you, you, you have to, the... You have to acknowledge the 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 two-ness of it. The like it's it's two things at like, you know, at, at right. once. It's both and, a and, con and it's this ah. thing that can actually totally change Nadine's life, which it does. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah. comes, says to Ed, Don't wait any longer. I give you your freedom. Go be with Norma. I just want you to be happy, right? Like mm-hmm. amazing stuff. I mean, I'm sure there are people in human history that have done something like that, but it's not the most common thing, right? Like yeah. Yeah. most people guard their own their own self-interest. And so then he just gets in his truck. He, first of all, he can't believe it. Yeah. And he's like, she convinces him. He gets in his truck and he goes to, and, 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 and as he gets in his truck to go, we get this great, the, the, do you remember the soundtrack, what's playing at the time? Uh... I, yeah, I, what is it? I, I it's remember. Otis Redding. It's a song by oh, Otis okay. Redding. Yeah. I've been loving you too long. Yeah. Right? right so he's, right. he's, we see Dr- Ed drive, he, Ed drives a gold truck. So <laughs> nice. he drives, which nice is catch. nice, right? Yeah, yeah. And he comes to the Norma's, the Double R Diner, and he says to her, Norma, everything's changed. I just spoke with Nadine. She's given me my freedom. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then, but okay, so he's speaking to her, and then, Norma's new boyfriend, Walter, walks up behind the couple, right, as he's speaking. And Norma says, Ed, I'm so sorry. Walter's here, right? Yep. yep. And then we see the camera follows Norma and Walter walk to a table together. Ed's at the lunch counter. He orders coffee. And then he, under his breath, he goes, can I have a cyanide tablet? Cyanide tablet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And then we get a cut back to Norma and and Walter talking. And so... It's so just I just want to stop there because I think we would expect this mm-hmm. moment where Nadine gives him his freedom. He comes to the diner and they he says, Norma, I'm free. And they kiss and that's it. Right. And they, they're together. Yeah. So I think that would be what we would expect. We certainly don't expect Norma to say, 
uh, sorry, I'm so sorry, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so she and then seemed, after that, we don't expect what comes next, which you're right, right, absolutely, yeah. right. So then, then, so it seems like Norma has rejected him clearly, mm-hmm. and she does it in front of, and, and it seems like she's chosen this guy Walter, who was used to be in the series Eight is Enough when he was <laughs> when he was a, a kid, uh, and and so she sits down to discuss business, and then she tells him. And this, I think, is important because this is the response to Ed. That the response to Ed comes in the conversation to Walter, yes. not directly in the conversation with Ed. So she can really only express her love for Ed in this indirect way. And how she does it is just phenomenal. That is, she says, I'm going to divest from all these other franchises that I have yeah. and just Norma's sell them double to R. Norma's yeah. double R. And I'm just going to keep this one. And 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 Walters is he's just apoplectic, right? Like he just can't believe that she would give up. Like like her diner is the he said this before, right? It's the least profitable. Yes. So she's she's keeping the least profitable <laughs> and giving up all the profitable ones. And he just he just he just can't believe it. And right, because he's also her business manager. He's also her business manager, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. and the, and her lover. Mm-hmm. And 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 then what's great is. He he storms out and he goes, "You're making a big mistake." And he storms out to leave. And then we get a shot of of Ed. We're back on a shot of Ed. And what's fascinating here, I think, is that it takes way too long. So Walter and Norma are sitting in a booth just a little bit past Ed in the diner. It mm-hmm. takes way too long for Walter to walk out. So we got this. It cuts back to Ed, and it's like a, a five seconds before Walter passes him. Even though he's in the last shot, we saw him start to walk. So that's, I think, interesting to, to suggest that we the the, the the delay. I think for Lynch is so important, yeah, right? Like the that's delay, really, nice. really the waiting. Just well, like you're talking. The song comes back too. The Redding song comes back. It, it like goes down, and then it comes back and, up again, right? Yes. Uh, and then and then Norma comes over, and and then they can they can finally come together, right? Like that, and, and she says, yes, I'll marry you, right? Like, yeah. so, so it's interesting that she has to give up capital mm. in order to have love. And I think that's what, and, and, and she also, they also have to have this, we have to have this delay in order to really have the satisfaction of the scene. So I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I find it just a remarkable scene and, and, and a real, to me, it's the highlight of the series I could watch it. I, I I do watch it like monthly, actually, and and it, you know you could call it fan candy, I guess. But first, we get this incredibly but it's the delay crushing shot. I moment. Think that's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the it's the you get what you think is rejection, right? And then and then even when you know it's going to happen, there's still I love that point. There's still this further delay of waiting for Walter to walk out, right? And right. then like the yeah, no, it, it's it's. It's a, it's a nice it's it's a, it's like it's like the arm wrestling scene you know it's like the whole thing with Dougie it's like it's right. like the, the this is what um this is what the the return is is getting at and I would and I would even say um further it's 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 also a consideration of what if someone is just watching the return I mean it'd be kind of crazy but like what if someone was just watching it yeah and it and it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to them to see Ed and Norma get together but if you're just watching it for the first time and all you're seeing is that scene, 
it means something to you. It does. It still means something. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point, Ryan. It really is a great point that that it that you don't even have to really know the backstory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of Ed and Norma to to and Norma. <laughs> Peggy Lipton died soon after the the series. Uh, yeah. premieres. It's very sad. I mean, a lot yeah. of people in the series died around the making of it. Um, but that, to me, that makes it even more sad and it's, crushing. Yeah. Um, but but it's interesting that that Lynch's whole point is, I think, that the weight, the weight or the delay is the that's where your life is, right? Yeah. Like that's what yes. the that's really where you're you're living, not in what you're going to attain or or accomplish or 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 get right like i think there so i think there's mm-hmm. really in the way that the delay is even written into the series it seems like to me it's such an anti-capitalist structure like formal structure you know like Wh- yeah. yeah which is what which is why i think even though we gave away the ending i think it kind of doesn't matter i think it doesn't like, matter like be, right. because it, it it's i mean this is the this is the thing we I've, I've i've said it you've said this in in different in different ways that like um, I, I guess a, sim- a, a simple way of putting it would be like it's the journey, it's not the destination. But like, right, really, right, but right. but another thing is that what capital insists on is the product, it, it, and 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 it's it's um, you know I've said this before about different things about um, like you'll you'll see people despair about uh, a climate. Uh, news on online, and you know one should, but it's like well we can't fix it. we can't fix it. Was so why even do it? And it's like that's such a capitalistic way of thinking. It's like I cannot achieve the result, so it's not even worth doing. Right. And in fact, you could it, argue that's the reason why we're in the climate catastrophe in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's and it, what needs to be really needs to be privileged is the is the process, or in the case of uh, of the return, is the delay itself. Right. That like it's in in just remove remove the the destination. Remove, remove product, and and you you know you you have to you think in a in a different way. That's the whole thing. Like that's why there's that delay in that scene between Norma and Big Ed is that it's not the kiss, it's not them getting together, it's not the product that that's the that's the point. It's how long it took to get there. Right is what right, gives right, it gives right. it value. And it's not really that they did. And the gesture of love is when Norma says. I don't, I'm getting rid of these things. Right? Yes. Like it's a, yeah. it's a gesture not of accumulation but of subtraction, right? Yes. And I think that mm-hmm. – I mean that also has, I think, uh, lessons for climate – the climate situation as well. But it's funny. What you said made, it reminded me of what my friend Walter Davis says about the climate catastrophe. He's like the very fact that we can't solve it, it gives us the imperative to try to solve it. You know, yeah. like, and I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. what you're saying. And I think that's, that's right. Cause otherwise I think you're buying into this logic of capital. That's ultimately, you know, not only destructive, but it can't allow, it doesn't allow you to identify where your satisfaction really lies. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can, I completely agree. It's like the, like we can't do anything. That's, you know what? I, I agree. Uh, so that's why we should do everything. Right. I, I, I think right, I've said right, it that way right. before, but yeah. that's, that's my position. Um, let's do the, the, uh, the misogyny piece. I don't think we've totally teased that out. So yeah, the, I mean, I, I think it's just, it depends on how you read the Judy, Judy, whatever it is that this yeah. negative, I, I think Lynch calls it a negative energy in yeah. the universe. And, and it's interesting that, that, so, so, so I think there is something 
Like the, clearly the people in the FBI, like Philip Jeffries and Gordon Cole and mm-hmm. I, Albert, I think to some extent have been part of this struggle against this force and not just against the phallic violence of Bob, right? Bob. So, mm-hmm. so I think they, I mean, it could be, again, I think it's how you read what Gordon Cole reveals. Like it could be just a limitation of the FBI and their way of thinking, mm-hmm. or it could be, Behind male phallic violence, there is this other feminine violence that also is equally murderous, right? Or and so, well, more so, I think. Maybe it's, more so, yeah. right? It, which, yeah. which the support for that comes when Sarah Palmer gets approached by a very uh, phallic guy, right? Mm-hmm. He even, I think, he calls mm-hmm. her a cunt or something, yeah, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. he's very, he's very. Uh, Aggressive, and 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 then she just she basically <laughs> opens her face up, and it's, and and yeah. a, a ray comes out of it, and she she kills him. So and he has she, the same like like the way his skull is caved in. It's the same as the kids that are killed earlier, and it looks it looks I it looks the same as the um the the tree a little bit the face of the tree right right you exactly know, like, like it's, exactly it's that, it's that shape. Um, so so yeah. I think that's dicey right like mm-hmm. i think that what it depends on is is has she been just appropriated by some other force mm-hmm. or is 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 what she's doing you said this to me is it a response to even the trauma of i don't know living with a husband that's raped your daughter and mm-hmm. and and dealing with that but I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, to me, that's a really open question, and I think that there is this risk, at least, of which is interesting because I don't think it's true of Lynch's other films mm-hmm. or, or series. Like I think Fire Walk with Me is a remarkably feminist work, and I think mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive obviously yeah. is, is 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 feminist as well. I mean, I think usually, I think on questions of racism, he's pretty dubious, but mm-hmm. I think on questions of 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 sexism he's he's usually pretty good so it strikes me as odd that that would be true of this but but I th- I'm open to that to that possibility yeah. it's just know. in really in plain terms it's tricky to say that the entire series you has been insisted that um it, it is insistent on this killer Bob being the like if you look at the to, to simplify everything that goes on in the series Cooper's trying to redeem time and he's also trying to um, be the only Cooper. So right. the elimination right. of the, of the killer Bob Cooper like that, like, and then that happens, but that happens that it, so he was the, in the, you know, in the uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer terms, he's it's uh, killer. Bob Cooper the big is, bad. is the big bad, right. but then it turns out there's a bigger bad behind that big bad. Right. And to make that um, feminized is unfortunate at the, at the absolute very least. Um, and I don't, unless they're wrong, unless they're wrong, which is, it's, I, I, which I think is a possible, again, I think the fact that Lynch, what we know about that is through Lynch's exposition. I mean, again, I think the problem is the Sarah Palmer dimension, which, which suggests that Lynch really, that is really what he, he thinks. So yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think that's a problem. And I, I mean, I, cause I think the truth is really. And I think this is what the 
<laughs> my director's cut of the series would show, <laughs> is okay. that, you, you know, you eliminate the, you, I think there, we can certainly imagine the elimination of that phallic aggressivity and violence, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're not going to eliminate then the trauma of existence. And so, mm-hmm. I, which is not to say we yeah. shouldn't try to, obviously, try to eliminate sure. that phallic violence, but uh, because that phallic violence itself arises out of the attempt to eliminate the trauma of existence, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the very mm-hmm. genesis of it, the refusal of of trauma. Like that's what that's what... That's what toxic masculinity is. Like mm-hmm, toxic mm-hmm, masculinity mm-hmm. is a refusal to accept the the fact that I'm a lacking subject as a man, right? Like that's yeah. that's just A B C, I think, of understanding the problem of masculinity. So uh, I, I so I, I I think that so I agree that in my version of it, that's the, all this Judy crap wouldn't be there. Yeah, no, it's I understand. It, it, it's 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 kind of clear why. Um, it's kind of clear why the 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 figure of the force exists, because what David Lynch, as Gordon Cole, is literally telling you is that like, look, if even if we do whatever it is we do with this Cooper who isn't Cooper, that's not the that's not the final boss. Right. Put it that way. Right. Right. Um, which is right. Yeah. Which is right. It is. It, yeah. It is. And the um. But then I, I do think to, if if it's if it's more complicated and it's not just like we're going to eliminate the we're going to eliminate the phallic uh, aggressivity, um, but there's we you know lurking around the corners this feminized aggressivity that's like you know e- even more powerful. Like I, it's not clear that it's not clear that um, that Bob as as Cooper can influence anything that he's not physically near. But for Sarah Palmer to destroy the opportunity of Cooper right. of redeeming time, like, yeah. acro- but, and she does this across space, across and space time. and time, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 By it, just it does... jamming a picture. Right. Exactly. And the yeah, cuts, so... the cuts, I think make it absolutely clear that she's the agent doing that. Yeah. I think the I way think... that Lynch cuts it, it's absolutely clear. Yeah. So it's, I, I it's shouldn't ha- say anything's absolutely clear about this. No, 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 I, no. <laughs> clear enough, right? Let's just say the implication is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, 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 yeah. Is, yeah. I think the implication is clear. That's that's not the same as saying it's obvious. I'm gonna right. put it that way. Right. Right. Um, the yeah. So that I don't know. That makes it that makes it tough. <laughs> I think to re- to to remove it from that. Um, like this again. The the like the 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 realm of the of the final boss. Like if I think what. W- what maybe I mean, maybe the, there there should have been work done to just say the connection that there is to Sarah Palmer and to femininity to motherhood, you know, like is is incidental, but n- and not right. integral because it right. the way right. that it manifests on the show, the way it presents is that it's it's the femininity like motherhood, this like, like this also like, uh, like the, and the loss of the, uh, the loss of even like motherhood as a a mother is a symbolic identity. Um, like that is integral to the whole Judy thing. Right. And I, and it's, I think that's, I, I can't really see a way around that given what's in the text. I know, I know, I know. And it's like, I mean, so the ultimate, the ultimate idea, (laughs) and this is so disturbing to me because I really like it other than this. The yeah. ultimate idea is that, like, we really we should fear Merkel more than we should fear Trump, right? Huh. <laughs> like, like yeah, that's yeah. kind of the idea, right? Like unless it's that, unless if I'm gonna try to, yeah, I'm go try to try go. to, yeah. yeah. Unless it's just that, like, 
um, I don't know. Like it's it's a it's it, it, I guess it is a, the only the only other avenue is that it's not the, again that um, you just say that the the feminine the, the feminine piece to it is is incidental and what um, it just it just so happened that it was Sarah Palmer who ended up being this vessel for what um, a, a, a kind of a kind of loss that cannot be overcome uh, does. Yeah, see what energy that that brings. Right. But it's but again, it like because there's not another thing in the show. Like the the um, I, but but like the other problem is, is she's yeah. malevolent, right? Yeah, like if she yeah, wasn't yeah. malevolent, then I don't care. Like like yeah, what's yeah. interesting is, I think it's so sad that Michael Anderson wasn't in the, so he's the man from the other place, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and he was in the first the original series and uh, prominent in Fire Walk with Me, yeah, and then he like went crazy and accused Lynch of being a like a child molester or something like really mm-hmm. serious and, and unfounded seemingly uh, accusation. I, I mean, almost certainly. Um, yeah. And, and, and so Lynch couldn't, it wasn't just like a money dispute. <laughs> he could give him yeah, a little more yeah. money. So he couldn't put him in. So he becomes a tree, which I think is terrible. Uh, but, but what's interesting is in fire walk with me, he has this relationship to Bob where he is something like, the force of castration, you know, like I am the yeah. arm, like you, they come. Yeah. And, 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 and Bob is the force of phallic aggression. And so there's something like the man from the other place uses Bob, mm-hmm. but he, and he's like at a deeper level, but he's, he's neither malevolent nor benevolent, right? He's right, just this force of loss. Yeah. You're convincing me though. Okay, it's just it's just tricky the way it's presented because of how long the show is, how much you have to hold in your head, and how confusing it is. But the malevolent version of the tree does chase after Cooper, and it does kill those kids. And then there is a moment where um, Sarah Palmer is sad, but she's at a grocery store, and she seemingly starts to lose it, looking at. Uh, like beef jerky or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's possible as, you know, as Cooper um, to reference uh, a, the title of a, another David Bowie film as a, uh, as, as Cooper became a man who fell to earth that maybe this, the, the malevolent tree leaving the lodge also fell and, and, and took up residence. Laura Palmer. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. In Sarah Palmer, but Sarah Palmer, sorry. Yeah. But it's so, but it's, but I don't know that there's a, a cut that, that makes that connection very yeah. clear. And again, yeah. it just is presented. Well, the damage that both do is similar. That's true. That's exact. That's it. Yeah. Right. It, right. That's exactly right. So that's the, so that's the connection. And I, and I think that would be one place where Lynch's resistance to, to literalizing certain connections maybe hurt thematically. Hurt, right, I mean, this, this, right. this is what we're, we're trying to do. Right, design. right, right. I think that's right. I mean, I think that, yeah, because then you don't, and I think if the man from the other place were in it and not replaced by a tree, by the tree then, then that would become mas- And then it's a masculine aggressivity. That's right, right, over. right, yeah. right, yeah, right. Or on. it's not aggressive. I mean, because the point is that he's not a figure of aggression, just a figure right. of like existential violence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And so I think that that would become, right, then it would become, it would, it would become neither masculine nor feminine, which I think sure. that's how we should rightly interpret it. Yeah. And I think the yeah, FBI... Yeah, yeah. It's just That's wrong. How they take it. Well, yeah, that they're they, wrong. They they feminize it because they're yeah. the FBI, right? Like I yeah, think that that 
I think that's fair to see it as a critique also of the way these male, because the whole film is really a critique of male investigation. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I don't, or whole series, sorry. So I, I think that you would have to, you probably should extend that to Gordon Cole's own statements, especially because he's shown to be a kind of a lecherous guy mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. also, right? Like the way yeah. he relates to the, even to the, to to Tammy, the other... To Tammy, the younger FBI agent. The younger FBI agent, but also to the to Monica Bellucci and the other woman that he kind of has, he's having an affair with, in the, or right. just, I don't know, maybe she's a prostitute, I don't even know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so so yeah, so I don't, I think maybe it's, I think maybe that's right. It's just, it's. I think there is this kind of like, it does lead you to this notion of a <laughs> feminized evil. And to the uh, and to the thing that we just suggested about the neither neither masculine nor feminine, and you you see it through the the figure of the tree that, that like, it's just it's so God it's so many steps right it's right so, it's just harder it's actually to, it, it's harder yeah. to do and it's actually the, it, it's actually a failing of the thing that I think he does quite successfully in a lot of his films like I said to you before Eraserhead that's about being a dad right, like, that, right. you know and it's, and I, I'm not being reductive but you know don't you. Yeah, yeah didn't I you, agree. you had this in what book is this of yours? You um you you dedicate it to your uh, to your boys for helping you finally understand understand eraser. That's my book on David Lynch. Yeah, that's yeah. a book on Lynch. Okay, yeah. yes. So so and I think and again like the for all the twists and turns uh, narratively that the return does that it is it's this thing that we come back to like redeeming time the impossible the the impossibility like of of eliminating like. Eliminating what, like, loss, it, right? Eliminating loss, like because it's it's actually irredeemable loss. Like that's the right. point that it makes. Right. And 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 the, we there's a, a a path to get there through the delay that makes that worth something that it doesn't end up benefiting this other piece to it, which we spent. Right. I, I think I, I, I'm a good amount of time like teasing out. Like that was yeah, yeah. helpful yeah. to think through um, yeah. for me at least. Yeah. Um, me too. Can I have one last? One yeah. Last, last thing? take. Yeah. Go. Okay. Um, episode eight. Uh, got a light. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's yeah. I I think it's the highest. It might be the highest rated episode on the um, on IMDb. Um, I think just people love it. They love it as a um, they love it as an origin story for Bob for and for Laura for Bob and for Laura and for Laura. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it also gets talked about as a bottle episode, which I'm a little. You don't skeptical. like that, right? I don't right. like it very much because for for me, the uh, what the bottle episode does is it strage, it stages intractable contradiction and requires um, dialectical impossibility to work out of. And I right. that episode doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. It does all. a lot of amazing, excellent things. It's yeah. self contained, which is what I think people right are right. are like running with. It's yeah. a, it's a it's it stands alone. It begins with the conclusion of. You might say the um, like the first third arc for um, for the killer Bob uh, uh, Cooper, where he's like arrested and then he breaks out of prison, and then one of the guys tries to the guy who was someone he was working with kills him. He thinks, and then uh, like the the woodsman like. In, in this sequence, they just like smear this blood all over. Like they, they, they repair they, him they, in some way. They repair him. Yeah. They revive him in this way. Like, like it was something it's kind of, there's a nice, um, there's a nice abjection piece yeah. there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like where it's yeah. actually taking the, the, the blood and the, like, like it's, it's, it's taking the inside to repair the outside, which yep. is, you know, you, yep. you know, I, it's kind of nice theoretically. Yep. Um, 
And then we go into this origin story of, uh, of Bob, like, and the episode is more subjectival than I think it, like in popular discourse. I think that's like, right. I, my view is that it's Bob's fantasy of his own origin because you cut right from like he's, he's on the verge of dying. And then what's mm-hmm. his, you know, like he, he, he thinks about his, imagines his own origin. So I, I, yeah, I, and it, and it, and it, it also, formulates his relationship to Laura in exactly mm-hmm. the way Bob would want that relationship to exactly. be formulated. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think, and, and I think there is, I think it, it would does, be strange if it was objective too. Like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Like this is the objective truth. Well, right. Like, why, 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 why just put it there? I mean, like yeah. it just, yeah. it does, that wouldn't make any sense at all. Why not begin with that? Yeah. Like it just wouldn't make it. You have to, I think you have to, Lynch is so careful narratively. Mm-hmm. You got to account for why it is where it is, right? Like, yeah. like, oh, I just, oh, I'll just put it here, eight. Like, what? Uh, yeah. And why not thirteen? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so that, and then I think that the, I think a lot of people like this historicist explanation that that Bob was really unleashed with the nuclear. atomic bomb with yeah. the nuclear mm-hmm. explosion, right? Which I, you know, like if Lynch, if. If that's the point, then that that's a, he should not be given any money to make anything, right? Like, <laughs> I, like yeah. come on, come on. Well, I mean, I, like, yeah. Don't don't you think? Well, I mean, that's why it's important that it's subjective because, right, it, right, right. It, and, and it's and um, Bob, like I, I think it's 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 much more. I guess I, I put it this way: when it when it comes when things are um, when things are ambiguous or it's not clear, like you know, one way or the other, I like to default to what's the most interesting reading. Right. And Bob is unleashed from nuclear uh, testing is a moralistic reason, you know, reasoning. Right. And I, right. I don't, I don't think there's that much way to go, but if Bob is always there, but uses nuclear testing as like a crowbar to like, yeah. Oh, that's pretty if cool. These people are doing this to each other. I can show up now. I can, I can be, I can be present more right. present in this world than I than I have been so far. That I, I think is it's a there's Although, a lot more juice to it. Yeah, but even is he more present? Like I don't. Well, I'm not like sure that's true. Purchase. That's my that's my maybe plan. so. But yeah. but I I think it's look. I'm as against nuclear weapons as anybody on the left. But but yeah. I think it's at least arguable that they saved more lives not the dropping the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki of course that was unnecessary and mm-hmm. but i'm just saying the fact that both the USSR and USA had atomic weapons it's conceivable that that stopped a a, a, a open war between the two superpowers don't you think yeah and well i mean i mean that's not a crazy idea i don't know no, that it's no. right i mean well it's, the hist- I, I mean i think that the, i mean the point you're making that just like to take this to take this episode as making like a historicist point is is not right it's not that it's uh, not that i don't even think it's that it would be even that right historicist wise <laughs> thinking you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah, like yeah. i i think there there was plenty of horrible evil before nuclear weapons and there's plenty mm-hmm. that emerged after you know so i just I, I think to take that as some kind of apocal moment in human history i just i don't I mean, I think at the time people thought that, mm-hmm. uh, but I well, just isn't think... this again another question of the of incidental versus uh, integral? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I t- I tend to when I watch that episode, I, I didn't. I guess a lot of people do take it this way. I didn't 
take it to be a comment on, on nuclear weapons. I thought this is just a vehicle for, you know, and for, for Bob, yeah. for something else. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I just think there have been a lot of people that have read it the other way. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think there's that much. I just think like that ends up making a point that's outside the show. Yeah, which I, is agree. Nu- I agree. Nuclear weapons are, are bad. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, yeah, Who cares? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, they, I, I mean, we don't need Lynch that. to tell us that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but don't you think it is the greatest depiction of a convenience store in the history of <laughs> any media, right? Like, that is a convenience. Yes. I love convenience stores. That is one I do not want to go into. It doesn't look very good. Uh, no. And it has, you know, it's just, yeah, it's that. But, but, but it is, it is, it is proof that they really did live above it, right? That they, yeah, as, the uh, line as from, Mike said, as Mike says in, in Fire, in, in the original Twin Peaks, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think you say convenience store, we lived above it. Yeah. We lived above it. Yeah. 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 My kids will never, they hate that, that, those two lines because mm. every time they say, let's stop at a convenience store, I always, I, without fail, say that. So. <laughs> Well, I think, I think, um, yeah, no, it's so good. I mean, it's such a great line from the original series and, and, um, but what it, I think it does, there's something here where like the idea that this sequence in this episode is saying, so I think this is a nice, a nice note to end on because what we've been saying is that, uh, Lynch goes to great pains to, to say something simple to show how hard that is and saying nuclear weapons are bad is not a difficult thing to say. No. And yeah. it's a, even, it's a very popular thing. So it's the difference between the simple, which I think from our like Hegelian perspective, the simple is like the most complicated thing of all. Whereas the idea that this sequence is like nuclear weapons are bad and unleashes untold evil. That's a banal thing to say. Right. And so right. I think that's doubled with the convenience store, which is just at a gas station, just <laughs> this banal fact of existence. Right. Um, and what the sequence ends up doing is, complicating that like it's not just the it's not just the site like like you see it so many times and then you it, it ends up bringing this um it ends up making a connection with big ed's uh right you know right. Where, where his garage right. and then um so I, I think in a way you you could say that like big ed and norma's story gets like worked into the wider mythos because there is something um radical that emerges like like a, a radical like a love like a like a radical kind of love that emerges out of th- this like these two banal places a diner right. and a convenience you know like a, right. a mechanics place yeah. that in this origin story of the show is the complete opposite where it's this radical evil uh, right that, right that, that but it all there. I also think isn't it interesting that the modern convenience store unlike the old service station. Mm-hmm. There's no you don't see labor right like and and yeah and, and, that's and, nice. and one of the things you said to me about this the return is we constantly see labor and the woodsmen mm-hmm. really they look like people that used to labor at service stations yeah not yeah, yeah, yeah. people they're, they're not they don't look like attendants at a convenience store right no, no, so no, right. it's a convenience store that looks like an old service station yeah. which I think is a really and 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 then we see the labor associated with it. The exploited labor, I assume, associated with it. So I know I, I thought that was really that's a, yeah. this one of the things I loved about it that Lynch, on, on the one hand, often shows how the 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 like the pretty surface of things, right? And then mm-hmm. and then and then he dives beneath. But here we see the surface itself is ugly, right? And we but, yeah, nicely put. You know, and we get, but we're but, but rather, you could never be nostalgic for that 
service station because those guys working there are just horrible. Well, so that's a better point, Todd. Like the, the, the 50s, like often 40s and 50s often play, particularly on television, um, as this, this, uh, this idyllic fantasy, even that's kind of what's going on with the R with the double R. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. So it's again, much more interesting to read what's happening in that episode as like, please don't like, like you want to think of, you want to think when you think about the fifties and you want to think about old time radio, you want to think about a message being repeated. (laughs) This is the water. This is the well, like, and, and it, that like, and you want to see people's skulls being crushed and just like insects going into people's mouths. You want to see a kind of, um, you know, a, a, an ideology becoming embodied. That is terrible. Right. That, that we right. look, that we often look back upon with, uh, with, with fondness and nostalgia. And nostalgia. We should right. not. We should and, not. And right. it's a much better, it's yeah. just a much more interesting totally agree. point. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the lesson, Ryan, is in order to watch The Return, you have to watch Firewalk with me, which is, to <laughs> me is the, it's the Lynch masterpiece. I think it's just untoppable, untoppable. So. Excellent. Thank you so much, Todd. All right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out.